Well, let's stand and we'll read from our text once again this morning. Psalm number 18. It's such a long psalm that we won't take time to read it in its entirety. Uh, It takes a while, doesn't it? But, you know, the psalm that we just sang took us through some of the places that we've been and some of the places that we're going uh, in the psalm. So Psalm 18, we'll begin reading in verse number 28. I finally get to move my bookmark to the next page. Number 28. For thou wilt light my candle. I think Brother JT's already talked to us some about some light, hasn't he? Thou wilt light my candle. Uh, Well, if it's going to be lit, it's going to have to be lit by him. And we're the light of the world, right? So here's this, this candle that is you that the Lord has caused to be lit. That has caused there to be a flame, caused there to be some light. What does, what does a candle do? It provides light, you know, into the room. I mean, it can provide a little bit of heat too, can it? But, but it provides, uh, for the most part, it provides light. For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Now, we're not saying that David was in the kingdom of darkness and hadn't been translated into the kingdom of light. We know that he has been. He's a child of God. He's a man after God's own heart. But we do understand that we can be in distress, and that can appear to be something like darkness. And we do see some things like that in Scripture where that's described that way. But my God will enlighten my darkness. I would, I would put this on the level of what we read before, um, further up about the Lord bringing us into a large place. David was constricted. He was confined. He was in distress. These cords had wrapped all about him, and the Lord delivered him and set him loose into a large place. Well, here, you know, his, this darkness is all about him, you know, and the Lord's provided light. Uh, I think, again, about Egypt, and think about the darkness that was over all of Egypt. And it was a thick darkness. But in Goshen, there was light. Um, so, hmm, what about the cave? What, it was dark in there. <laughs> yeah, it, it might have looked a little bit dark to, to those inside the cave when Saul came in thinking, Something, we're, this is it. We're found out. Um, but... David had hope. Yeah, he did have hope in the cave. So, so you understand what he's saying there when he says about this light, you know, in the darkness. And so that's a grace, isn't it? Isn't that a grace of God to grant us light, to give us understanding, to give us hope, to grant us peace? I know we were in a, I don't know where is Anna, there you are. I think it was you. We were in one of those caves I think I've told about this before, but she was, wasn't that you, you were a little worried about going in there, we had to go, they'd had at the very beginning, they had a cutout in some plywood, and they were like, if you can't go through here, if that bothers you, there's going to be some places in this cave system where it's going to be that small, Um, but the darkness, didn't you have the, the light inside your jacket, okay, 
So we had these flashlights that were on the lanyard, you know, and I told her, I said, well, when you get down there and they turn the lights off, if it bothers you that much, I mean, I'll be right there beside you, but if it bothers you, I said, just go ahead and click that light on and put your face, you know, down inside the jacket. Well, the park ranger saw the light. Turn that light off, you know. Uh, <laughs> and the world's that way, aren't they? Turn that light off. Um, but, but you understand the grace of the light that God gives unto us. And I, and I bring that out because as we move further and you get into, you know, the next verse, into verse number 29, here's another grace. It says that by God, it says, by thee, I have run through a troop. I was listening to one message this week and the pastor said, how many is in a troop? Somebody in the congregation said, a lot. And he said, yeah, there's... It's more than one, you know, certainly, but, you know, run through a troop. It doesn't tell us how many there is. And then he says, by my God, I have leaped over wall. And he says, well, how high was that wall? You know, because if it was just like this high, you know, that, then most everybody think I can jump over that, you know. Oh, how high was that wall? Well, it doesn't matter how high it was. I mean, it, you know, it, it could have scaled the, the, the heights, you know, of heaven, it seemed. Um, but, you know, by God, through a troop. By God, over a wall. Leaped over a wall. Verse number 30, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler. What's a buckler? Somebody tell me what a buckler is. You just looked it up. What is it, sister? It's a shield. Yeah, a buckler is a shield. So he says that he is a buckler. Who's a buckler? God's a shield. Well, how big of a shield is God? Would you say maybe yeah, all-encompassing? Yeah, sure. Big as, big as need be. How high is that wall? How big is that shield? That's as big as it needs to be. Um, he's a buckler to all those that trust in him. He's not a buckler to everyone, is he? But he's a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? So here's David's return to that idea. He's already talked about it before in, in this psalm about God being his rock. Now that's, that's a sure and steady foundation. I, I think I told you all about, I don't know how old, Dad, you think that corn crib is over there at the farm? Over 100 years, you know, it's been standing and they didn't pour concrete foundations back then. They found a big rock, and that rock's still there. You know, some of the wood we had to replace because the wood had begun to rot, um, but the rock, it's still there. That same rock is still there. That new timber we put in there, we put on the same, you know, rock. Uh, and he says, who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me. And we just sang that him come thou almighty king and you know help us thy name to sing but there's a part there where it says gird on thy mighty sword you know what do you think gird means put on right yeah and that, 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 that's some that's some picture there about what we saw before when the lord rose up and there was thunder and there was lightning and there was earthquakes and there was hail and and the lord came, was coming to the rescue to deliver one of his children 
Gird on thy mighty sword. It is God that girdeth me with strength. So here's this grace again, this leaping over the wall, right? This running through a troop. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. Now God's in control of that. I mean, here's my way. You know, here's, here's the way, walk in it. Well, and then you get into Pilgrim's Progress and there, you know, keep your eye on the light. Just keep walking straight. Keep your eye on the light. Well, there's a few times Christian got off that path, didn't he? And the Lord brought him back. You know, the Lord makes my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hind's feet. What's a hind? I didn't say hinds. I said hind. H-I-N-D. Hmm? Like a hind's feet. What kind of animal would that be? It's a deer, right? Okay, so a deer. There's different deer in different places in the world, but sure-footed. I mean, you, you've seen some deer leap over some things, haven't you? Yeah, I was listening to one um, same pastor this week, and he was talking about, I forget where it was he would go hunting, but he said the deer there, he said they would hide in the sagebrush. And he said they would, whenever they would, you know, get scared that they would leap, and it was like there was pogo sticks on their feet and he said you'd i'd have in my scope and he said they'd just be moving in and out of my field of vision you know i couldn't couldn't keep in my scope uh, but he makes my feet like hind's feet and setteth me upon my high places i know it's a deer here but i think about some of those those i guess they're goats aren't they and you see yeah the, the places that they get like how in the world they find something wide enough to even get that hoof on and they're just like it's no big deal you know, they're not shaking and like, I, I'm not sure, not like us on skates yesterday, you know, <laughs> but they were sure, sure-footed. Uh, so he makes my feet like hind's feet and setteth me upon my high places. He teaches, here's this grace again, he teaches my hands to war. I'll go ahead and say it, I was going to say it later, but where'd David come from? He came out of out of the taking care of the sheep, right? Came out of a field. He came out of the out of the field taking care of sheep onto a battlefield to face Goliath. Yeah, he had faced a lion, he'd faced a bear before. But look what he says here. He t- he taught David's hands to war, didn't he? I'll go back to you know, JT's comment that Donnie had commented on we're in a battle. You know, one of the one of the comments that was made this week on some of the things that were going back and forth on the, on the church text group. Uh, he teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel, or it may be in the New American Standard, I think it probably says bronze, doesn't it? Um, makes a bow of steel or a bow of bronze is broken by mine arms. Well, how strong was that bronze? How strong was that steel? Didn't matter. So that, it's back to the wall again, right? It's back to the troop again. Doesn't matter. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Haven't you seen people teach other people before? And some people can be pretty mean about it. You know, why can't you? You are dumb as a box of, you know, and just go on and on and just belittle and berate people. And then you see other people teach somebody, and they are really gentle about it, and they're kind. And they're patient, uh, very patient. They're long-suffering. I mean, the person doesn't get it. It's like, it's okay. Let's try it again. You know, you can get this. You can do it. You know, uh, think about 
Think about how gentle God has been with us. How loving, kind God has been with us. How merciful God is. How patient God has been with us. Um, very, very much. His gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. Now, Shalom, we could have got you a pair of skates yesterday that were so big you probably couldn't have fallen down. You'd have been like riding on top of them. You know, but you think about the Lord enlarging our steps, making our steps sure. It's, it's not slippery. It's, it's sure-footedness. Uh, back to the hinds' feet again, the high places. He's enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. We can understand that, can't we? We can understand that stepping somewhere, somewhere and our feet not slipping. It's a large place. It's not a small place. It's a large place that our feet do not slip. He says, I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. And that kind of gets into a part that we're not going to be able to get so far towards. I meant only to read verse number 36. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. How gracious God is. David's greatness in his victories was God's gentleness, God's grace. You know, think about grace as an enabling thing, right? Grace to be able to see light. Isn't that what John Newton wrote that, that hymn about amazing grace? He said, I once was blind, but now I see. You know, what, what grace there is to be able to see. What grace there is to be able to have some light, right? But you see this grace of God in, that David's describing here uh, as he goes through these things. Uh, God's gentleness made him great, made his feet sure, made him sure-footed, made him sure-footed, and, and enlarged, you know, that place before him uh, so that he where, he, where he stepped, he was able to stand. Um, now, think a little bit about, you know, Abraham, every place that I've given your, your foot to walk, I've, I've given that to you. You know, sure-footedness, you know, David has here. The places where God sent him to go to war, where God sent him to go to serve, you know, God made his foot sure, uh, safe, yeah, secured him, gave him ability. Uh, thinking about, I think about Solomon, and here's the two women and the one child. And you think about wisdom that God gives. Um, here's Solomon. You remember before, the Lord says, ask of me. And I'll give it to you. What would you like? And what did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom that, that I may lead this people. I'm like a little child. I don't know how to go out or come in. Lord, I, I, I need wisdom. And so there he was. And there was these two women. And they were, you know, there was this one child. And it belonged to one and not the other. And the one that it didn't belong to was saying it was you know, hers. And so Solomon says, I know how to settle this. Bring me a sword. We'll cut the child, child in half and give one half to one and one half to the other. And the one it belonged to says, no, king, don't, don't do that. Let her have the child. And he said, the child belongs to her. It's the woman that didn't want the child to be split in half. The other one didn't cry out and say, don't split the child in half. You know, she was fine with that. She lost her child. Let the other one lose theirs. You know, um, what grace God gives to help us to be able to walk in places that we wouldn't walk in. You know, how would you have handled that situation? 
Um, you know, I mean, we know what Solomon said, so it's a little easy to say, oh, I'd do what Solomon did. You know, well, maybe, maybe not. Um, we need wisdom, and it's God's grace that grants those things unto us. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we bow before you this morning and give thanks unto you once again for allowing us to be found uh, here this morning, for allowing us to have um, not only the ability to come, but, Father, the desire uh, also that we want to be here, that we want to hear, that we want to know, that we want to walk, uh, Father, in, in the, the steps that you've set before us, that we want to be obedient, that we want to please you, we want to glorify you in all that we do. So we just ask you this morning that as we, um, Father, are seated here uh, today, that you would speak to us, encourage us, strengthen us, help us to be able to understand, and then, Father, also help us to be able to stand uh, Father, in these things. Uh, so we look unto you. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for, even as we read this morning, for your gentleness uh, towards us, your long suffering and loving kindness towards us in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So last week, we talked about David. Talk, he, was, he was mentioning being rewarded um, according to his righteousness. And, you know, that kind of smacks a little bit of his own achievement, his own ability. Um, well, certainly as we read these following verses. I mean, I could have kept you here last week and gone through both, right? But it would have been a long message and most everybody would be wore out and some asleep and <clears throat> some, you know, shifting their weight back and forth, you know, trying to get comfortable because the seat gets, you know, kind of hard, you know, after a while. But you know, we see what David's saying here. I mean, just in the words where he says, by my God have I. You know, so that's not speaking of David's ability. You know, it's in, in, in his righteousness in that sense. But it's speaking of what God has done by God's grace you know, within him uh, is what we see. So not by works of righteousness. We talked about that last week, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, not by our ability, not by our merit, but by the grace of God. And we've already heard somewhat of that this morning, haven't we? You know, David didn't rescue himself, right? He didn't rescue himself. He didn't depend upon himself. Um, you know, the psalmist says some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. You know, where's, where's your trust? Where's your hope? You know, where our hope's in, in the Lord. Uh, David looked to the Lord. He says in verse number 27, we didn't read that verse, but he says, Thou wilt save the afflicted people. Are you afflicted? Is there, is there any among you that's afflicted? You know, let him pray. Isn't that what James says? Is there any among you that's afflicted? I'm sorry, Sister Delina, I didn't send out. I, I did them. I just didn't send them. And since we're so formal here. I'll stop right in the middle of the message and, uh, and do that. Now we'll probably hear people's phones going ding, 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 ding. No. <laughs> um, all right. Unafflicted people. Or is there anyone among us that's afflicted? Well, sure. I mean, most everybody here is afflicted in some way. You know, what, what's your affliction? Well, it doesn't matter. How great's that affliction? How how's that wall? You know, how, how great's that affliction? Well, how many's in a troop? It didn't make any difference, did it? Uh, the Lord's the one that enlarges our steps. 
The Lord's the one that gives us light. The Lord's the one that teaches our hands to war. The Lord's the one that causes us to overcome. Um, you know, in the world, you're going to have much tribulation, right? But don't, don't be afraid. He, the Lord says, I've overcome the world. I've overcome. And if he's overcome, then we're going to overcome. He's going to cause us to overcome, right? So this is the grace that we're looking at here. But he will save the afflicted people. He will bring down high looks. You ever get full of yourself? Hmm? I didn't say tired of yourself. I said full of yourself. You know, get, get kind of that high look like I can. You know, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have any confidence. I know when that, when that girl outran you yesterday, I didn't call your name. When that girl outran you yesterday, you weren't expecting that. When that girl out, out skated you yesterday, you weren't expecting that. But both of you did fall on turn number one. You know, if you hadn't fell, fallen, you probably would have, would have uh, beat them, beat them all, you know. But, but the Lord can humble us, can he? You know, he can humble us. Uh, and it's good for us to be humbled. It's good for us to, to, to be brought to a place where we see that our hope, our strength, our, our everything is in the Lord. Um, I'm not going to get up tomorrow. I know tomorrow, I don't even know if I'm working tomorrow. I may be working tomorrow. My boss hasn't told me whether I'm working tomorrow or not. But <clears throat> if I am, I'm not, I'm not so confident that I think that I can handle everything that's going to come my way tomorrow. Um, and even, even the oldest among us who knows more than we do as far as construction is concerned, you know, there could be some situations that he's not prepared for. So what's best for me? Is there any among you afflicted? I know I don't know all things. I know I can't do all things. Uh, but I know who can. I, I have an affliction. You know, it, it, even if I don't have a physical affliction, uh, you know, in, in the sense of having a physical pain, uh, abnormality, malady of some sort, I, I know that I, I, I can't do all things. But I know who can. I know, I know with whom there's nothing that is impossible. And I know with him that if he set something before me, he set it there for a purpose. And so what do I need to do? What's my responsibility? To look to the Lord. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask. How does God give? Well, I gave you some wisdom last week, Cohen, but, you know, I just don't. I don't know if I can, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to hold off for a little while and not give you any wisdom. That, no, the Lord doesn't do that. Uh, if we like wisdom, he will give it. Um, I mean, if we're earnest, if we're sincere, if we, if we desire to use the wisdom that God would give us, I mean, he, will, he gives it liberally. Um, it's about the only liberal, you know, these days that I like anything about. You know, we hear so much about so much liberalness uh, around us. But that's a good, that's a good liberal, isn't it? Uh, that's, that's my cup runneth over. You know, that's the gentleness of God that's made me great. I mean, he just, he just pours grace and pours grace and pours grace. Grace upon grace and grace for grace, you know, even. Uh, we wouldn't even desire, you know, grace or know our need of grace if it were not for his grace. You know, we wouldn't know anything about our need of grace if it weren't for his grace. But he can bring down high looks, can he? I mean, somebody oppresses you. And it says, I'm going, to, I'm going to oppress them, overtake them. I'm going to do this to them. Um, the Lord can bring down uh, lofty looks. Job 34, 28 says, So they that cause the cry of the poor to come unto him 
and he heareth the cry of the afflicted. So here comes the oppressor. He starts his oppression, and you start to cry. And it's like what we said earlier a few messages back. David was in trouble until David began to pray, and then those who were oppressing David were the ones that began to be in trouble. So that's what Job's talking about. He's talking about they caused the cry of the afflicted, and then the afflicted call upon the Lord, and the Lord hears their cry. And now the afflictor, now the persecutor, now he's, he's the one that's in, in trouble because the Lord is going to deliver you know, his, his children. But thinking about that idea of a rock, I was thinking about Deuteronomy thirty-two eighteen. It says, of the rock that begat thee. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. Israel did that, didn't they? They forgot the God that delivered them from Egypt. They forgot the God who, who caused manna to fall from heaven. They forgot the God that caused you know, water to come forth from, from springs deep within from the rock, right? Uh, so uh, they forgot. Well, let us not forget. Let us not forget our rock because we are not able, but he is. He's able to bring down the lofty oppressor. So as before, we said it was bad for David before he cried, but it was bad for his oppressors after, you know, he cried. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God? There's the rock. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Can't you see? Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. How'd you get here? I'm not talking about just get here today. I'm talking about get here. How'd you come into being? He made us and not we ourselves. Well, if he made us, will he not care for us? Will he not provide for us? Will he not deliver us? Will he not help us? And we, we sang one hymn this morning about him carrying us. You know, he carries us, doesn't he? Uh, all the day long. We are his people, the psalmist said, and the sheep of his pasture. Can you imagine if David went out and grabbed that lion and grabbed that bear and delivered that sheep? How much more the Lord? David's an imperfect man. You know, how much more the Lord and the sheep of his pasture? The sheep that belong to him. The, the 99, he'd leave and go... He doesn't say, well, I only lost one. I still got 99. You know, Brother JT touched on that this morning too. No, he leave the 99 and go after the one and bring it back to 100, right? He'll leave the 90 and 9 and go and, and deliver the one and bring it back into the fold. We're the sheep of his pasture. We are his people. He will light my candle. Well, I've lit 99 candles. I mean, light one more. You know, 99 would be enough. No, he lights my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Not only has he plucked me from the kingdom of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of light, but the darkness that I pass through in this life, the trouble. And I go back to, you know, Pilgrim's Progress and him going through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, what kind of light do you have in a place like that? I mean, he looked over on the right-hand side, and there was all those dead bodies. 
you know, floating in the in the the moat there. And he looked over on the left hand side, and it was you know just this this ravine. You know, it was just a small place for him to walk. You know, and there were there were devils and things you know in there, and you know a voice that was even behind him speaking in his ear. It sounded like his own voice. What kind of light are you going to have in that place? The only light that the Lord gives. Uh, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path always. So he gives light unto those who belong unto him. Um, if, if we find ourselves in a dark place, we, we have that light of knowing the Lord knows where I am. I, I'm not lost here. I, I'm not out of his sight here. I'm not in a place where he can't find me. I'm not in a place where he can't deliver me. I'm not in a place where his arm's too short that it, it can't save or his ear's too dull that it cannot hear. I mean, I'm, I, there's nowhere I can be. You know, David talked about making his bed, you know, in the grave. You know, behold, you know, there, you're, you're, you're everywhere. There's not a place the Lord is not. Uh, so, you know, we talked about how the, the enemy had surrounded David. Saul had surrounded David, and he, he just about had him. But the one way that he couldn't hem David up in was up. David could still pray. And the Lord would hear him. And the Lord would deliver him, wouldn't he? He did. I mean, he, he sent a messenger saying, the Philistines have overrun the land. So Saul had to break off his, his tightening circle. You know, I forget. And if, and if y'all read those books, Shalom, that uh, Miss Teresa got from, from the homeschool store, there's, I think it's in the missionary one. And you have to remind me, Rebecca Andrew, was it a panther in the jungle that was, that was circling? I believe it was. And I, I, whatever animal it was, that was how they, they would trap their prey. I mean, they would have a wide circle, and they would just tighten it, and they'd tighten it, and they'd tighten it. And, and the child knew. You know, it was from that place. It knew the kind of animals that were out there. And it was lost out in the jungle. And it knew the sound of that animal. And it knew the pattern of behavior of that animal. And it knew it was tightening that circle and tightening that circle and tightening that circle. And here's this child crying, you know, unto the Lord. And here comes this beast. Looks like it's the end. And it walks up to the child and lays its head in the child's lap. You know, that's what we're talking about. This is the God that we serve. You know, who's able to do that? Who's able to, to lighten our darkness in that way? Who's able to cause us to be able to run through a troop? Who's able to cause us to be able to leap over a wall? You know, this is the kind of God that we serve. And here's this child, you know, who just thinks it's going to be eaten. And this beast comes up and lays its head in the child's lap. Um, by his grace, we are indeed, as we've already heard this morning, saved, aren't we? By his grace, we are saved. You know, if there's anything praiseworthy in David, if there's anything praiseworthy in any of us, it's by the grace of God. If there's anything that you can look upon me or I can look upon you and say, you know, I'm so thankful, you know, for that in you, you know, it's the grace of God, you know, that, that we are what we are, uh, that I am what I am. Uh, all the glory is his, right? It says, by thee, verse number 29, by thee, David says. By the Lord, he's run through a troop. By God, he's leaped over a wall. And we mentioned last week, without him, we can do, apart from him, we can do nothing, right? But 
one preacher I was listening to this week. Now, I understand how we typically think about that verse. I better not try to go and do this on my own. Apart from the Lord, I, I'm not going to, you know, we can, like Brother JT was saying, we can call people down this aisle all day long. You know, but apart from the work of grace in the heart, there's not going to be any salvation. You know, we can hem people up in a corner and say, well, you don't want to go to hell, do you? Well, and you might get a different answer these days, but I, I, I did even in, in, in whenever I was in my 20s, I, can, I think I've told you about that before, I was in a hole on the golf course. I was digging up the trunk line of the irrigation system, and it was in a deep hole, and I heard the golfers coming. I, you know, I could hear those golf carts, you know, electric, you know, wine, you know, those golf carts coming. And so I popped my head up out of the hole, you know, because they'd already hit their first shot, and I wanted them to be able to see, you know, I'm, I'm down here, you know, don't run your golf cart down, you know, in this hole here. I didn't put up like an orange safety net or something around me. And they got up to me, and I'd, I had talked to these fellows before, you know, in, in the golf shop whenever I wasn't out working on the golf course and I was behind the desk, you know, taking green fees. And I've talked to them several times. And so I started talking to them about their soul. You know, they're on the golf, they're, it wasn't a busy day. There wasn't another group that was pressing behind them, you know, you know, wanting to play through because they were playing slow. And so I just stopped them. There were a couple of older guys. They each had their golf cart. And I started talking to them. And I started talking to them about, you know, where, you know, where are you going to be, you know, when you die? We've had other conversations before this one. And they were like, I know where I'm going. I'm going to hell, but all my friends are going to be there. You have no concept of the wrath of God. No, no concept of what, I mean, it's like you've seen those pictures before in the grocery store, right, on the, the, those tabloid magazines, you know, where they would take, you know, a picture maybe like from Hawaii, you know, so this is this area, you know, where there's waterfall coming and people are playing around, you know, in the water, and they would take and they would change the filter on it and make it look red, you know, like it was supposed to be hell, and people were just playing around, you know, frolicking, you know, in, in the lava, I guess, I don't know, or whatever that's supposed to be, if it's not water, you know, I, I have no idea, um, you know, what they, how they can come up with a concept, you know, like that, um, but anyway, you know, they, that's what they think, you know, all my friends are going to be there, it's going to be one big party, they have no, no idea, no idea uh, what hell's going to be like, um, and, but, you know, here, un- unless the Lord had spoken to those men, I've spoken, here as an ambassador of Christ, I've spoken, be you reconciled unto God. There's only one way you can be reconciled, and it's through Christ. You know, but they didn't want to hear. It was just a joke to them. Um, you know, the, the light that I was trying to be unto them, put a, put a bushel basket over that. We don't want to see it. They even popped up out of a hole. They even popped up out of a hole, yeah. yeah. <laughs> out of the grave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but like I said, apart from him, we can do nothing. But that's how we typically think, you know, about that is that, you know, apart from the Lord, you know, we, we can't, you know, do. And, and that's true. It's absolutely true. But this one preacher was saying, we're not apart from him. Apart from the Lord, we can do nothing. He said, we want to focus upon that. But he said, focus upon this. You're not apart from him. And he's right, you know. I mean, the other's true. But he's right about this side too. And, 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 and we have a tendency, I think, to, to get stuck, you know, right there. But, but he said, we're not apart from Christ. We're not. We're not apart from him. Abide in the vine, right? For without me, you know, you can do nothing. But we abide in him. Then we get over to Philippians 4.13, don't we? Yeah. 
I can through through you know I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, right? So whatever it is the Lord has put set before me, do I need to run through a troop? I couldn't do that on my own, you know. But through Christ, you know that wall. Don't know how tall was it? You know what's what's the record today for pole vaulting? I have no idea, you know. But you know by my God I can leap, you know, over a wall. You know, it's by his grace, by the strength, you know, that he gives, you know, through him I can do all things. You know, again, we ask the question, what kind of things, Danny? Run through troops, leap over walls, you know, that's the kind of things. Um, Now, when we think about that, how often the Old Testament we see, you know, the, the physical teaching us the spiritual, right? So there's some walls, some spiritual walls, Right? We need to make sure we're thinking in those terms too. There's some. It's not that David wasn't enabled to do what he did physically. He was. You think about that rock that David picked up. Where'd that rock come from? God put that rock there. God made that rock. You know, today people might would go through all the. You know, well, let's let's look at this rock and its aerodynamics and make sure we pick the right one. You know, that can fly through the air with the greatest of ease. You know. Um, but God made that rock. And why David? Why David pick up that rock? Yeah, just one. Yeah, why? Why David pick up that rock? That was the rock the Lord put before him. You know, he picked up that rock, and what did it do? He put it in the sling. Yeah, David's arm picked up the rock. Yeah, David's arm put it into a sling. Yeah, David's arm slung the stone. But Scripture says that that rock buried, you know, into Goliath's forehead. It found its mark. You know, was, was David an able, you know, sling, stone thrower with a sling? Sure. You know, there was those men that were left-handed that could throw, you know, rocks within a hair's breadth, you know, in Scripture. But I think along these terms, how about that fellow that took that bow and drew it back, you know, when the king had disguised himself, and the arrow found its mark, you know, didn't it? Um, so the Lord's able to cause us to triumph. The Lord's able to cause us to overcome with men impossible. You know, when I'm, I'm sure, and I'm, I'm already running out of time, so I'm not going to make it to all the verses that I wanted to get to, but just put back into your mind what you can remember in 1 Samuel 17, you know, about what happened with David and Goliath. And you get the, the initial side of things where David comes upon the scene, he sees all this going on, and finally word gets to Saul's ear, there's a young man that wants to go fight Goliath. You mean all these soldiers here, and this kid comes from, you know, you know the countryside, and he wants to step out there and, let me see this kid. And so he sees the, the determination, you know, he, he sees that, that the Lord seems to be with him. I, I'm, I'm assuming, we don't know for sure. I mean, he wants to put his armor upon, upon David, and David says, I haven't tried these. But the sling and the stone, those I know. And more than that, he knew the Lord was able to deliver Goliath. Um, you know, how, how, how close of a look had he gotten at Goliath before he actually stepped out there? You know, things look a little, a little bit different from a distance, don't they? You know, Goliath might have looked a little smaller, you know, across the battlefield. Um, of course, there were some things given perspective, probably. There's probably some trees and all the army behind him. You know, he probably looked pretty big still. Um, but David 
The size didn't intimidate him. The, the, the curses that Goliath hurled at him didn't intimidate him. The, the, the accompaniment of, of, of a man carrying Goliath's shield, you know, didn't, didn't uh, intimidate him. He was depending upon the Lord. He was looking unto the Lord uh, to deliver him. Uh, he was looking for God's grace, you know, in this situation to provide for him, to enable him uh, to be able to be victorious. Because, uh, you know, as Goliath, you know, you, if you really go back and you read that, you know, in the pictures that we see, and, and, and how, you know, we, we just kind of see David standing there and slinging a stone at Goliath. But when you read the account, David starts running towards him. David's, David's in a run. Um, you know, it's one thing for, for me to sit here and, 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 and have, a, have a, gun, a BB gun and shooting a balloon back there in the back of the room, you know, just right here from, from the pulpit. It's another thing to, to be running, you know, and, and trying to shoot, you know. So David's running when he's throwing this stone from a sling. Uh, it's really remarkable as you go back. I, I encourage you to go back today and, and, and read some of that. But, but um, David was enabled. It's like that arrow being drawn back and he just, you know, let it go per adventure. In a sense, uh, we know David had a target, that man didn't have a target with that arrow, but it found its mark, you know, nonetheless. Uh, but it was by God's grace and by his strength that David was enabled to slay Goliath. It wasn't by David's strength. It was by God's strength that David was enabled. Um, you know, do you, do you have that kind of light? I don't know if I'm going to get past this idea of light, but, you know, can you see through your present circumstances? Can you see the Lord through your present circumstances. David could see the Lord through Goliath. You know, Goliath was not such a, so big of an object that he obscured uh, the Lord from, from David's view. Now, David's view of God was big, much bigger than Goliath. We need a much bigger view of God, don't we? Um, you know, can you see Christ through your troubles? Can you trust him in your distresses? Can you see through those things to call upon him? Uh, David did. Can you believe? Can you trust? Can you wait upon him? You know, as, as we were reading, you know, through these, these verses, um, you know, we, it talks about the Lord's way is perfect in verse number 30. As for God, his way is perfect. Can you see that? Uh, can you see whatever you're going through and the weight that there is in the process of having to go through it? Can you see the Lord at the other end? You know, can you see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak? I guess you could put it that way. You know, can you see the Lord? You know, they're already through it. I mean, yes, I'm having to go through this, but the Lord's there. The Lord's there. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but the Lord's already there. The Lord already knows. The Lord's carrying me, you know, to that place. The, Lord, the Lord's going to provide for me, you know, in that place. He's given me the responsibility of seeking him. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's my responsibility. Seek him. All these other things. The Lord's going to take care of those things. He's going to enlarge your steps in those places. He's going to cause you to be able to run through a troop. He's going to cause you to be able to leap over, you know, that wall. So can we see that his timing is perfect? As, as for God, his way is perfect. As for God, the way that he goes about things and what he's doing in our lives is perfect. It's perfect. The word of the Lord is tried you know, David got out there, again, trying to keep David before you and Goliath. David got out there in Saul's armor. 
wasn't tried. He said, I've, never, I've not proven these things. I've not tested these things. I can't go out and battle in these things. But the sling and the stone, the Lord has proven those. The staff in my hand, the Lord has proven those. Um, you know, when I had to go against that lion, against that bear, the Lord proved, you know, himself uh, faithful, you know, and, to, and delivered not only me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, but the sheep from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. He's a shield. There, there, there's, there's, some old, there's some old bluegrass songs that talks about, you know, nothing can touch me that doesn't pass through his hand. You know, it's got to pass there first. It's got to get by him. Think about this shield, right? It's got to get by him first. If it's something that he wants to allow for a purpose, you know, um, I'm, I'm, Danny, what position are you playing? Yeah. So, so if one of those, if if one of those defensive linemen, you know, that you're that you're having to to hold off. Uh, if he, if the quarterback's not in any danger, you can just let him. You know, if he's going the if he's going to go the wrong way and the play is going that way, you can just let him go. You know, uh, you know, there he is, kind of a shield in a sense, you know, to the quarterback. Uh, but the Lord, the Lord's not. There's not anything going to touch us that doesn't pass through His hand. You know, what, what's, what? Who is He that will harm you, if He be doers of what is right? The scripture says so. So. Um, can we trust that God will do what must be done, when it needs to be done, how it needs to be done, for how long it needs to be done? I mean, we could go into all sorts of scenarios there, couldn't we? But can we trust him? Sure we can. But I'm not asking you if we ought to be able to. I'm asking you if you can. Can you trust him? Can you believe? Can you trust him to do what is right in your circumstances? Um, I'm not saying... Don't you know the Lord's right? Well, of course he is. Don't you know that he's righteous, that he can only do what is right? Well, absolutely that's true. But can you believe that? You know, all things are possible to him who believes the Lord says. You know, so you know, what light? Think about the whole idea of light. I mean, I know it, it, it runs concurrent with the whole shield and, and everything else that we've been talking about in, the, in large steps. But, but think about having that sort of light. Think about having that sort of understanding. Think about being able to walk in, in, in some difficult places, some really difficult places with that understanding. And, and Goliath not be something that you need to fear. You know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine, is what David said about him, that defies the armies of the living God? You know, to me, that, that, that equates in a way, you know, with, with Elijah. I mean, here is Elijah, one man. And here's the prophets of Baal. How many? And 50, I think. You can look that up later and double check me, but I think it's 450. But I'm glad somebody even had an answer. Um, <laughs> but here's all these other prophets of Baal. Right? And here's Elijah. And here's this contest that's going. You know, you set up your altar and you put up your sacrifice and you call upon your God. And they did. And, and, they, and, you know, Elijah starts to, to, to speak to him and say, you know what, maybe your God's asleep, maybe he's on vacation, you know, he's gone on a far journey. You know, you just cried louder, you know, you just, he's, he could wake him up, you know. And they start thinking about that many men cutting themselves and how much blood there must have been spilled that day 
from that many men trying to get their God to hear them and nothing. You, you think Satan would have liked to have made a show that day? Why couldn't he? Lord wouldn't allow it. God says, I'm going to get my glory. I'm going to glorify myself. There is no other God. I am God and God alone. Give to another. Yes. And so Elijah repairs the altar. Right? And he calls the people together. And he'd already, he'd already declared the contest before. The God who answers is God. The God who answers by fire is God. 450? Okay. <laughs> We're close. 400, 450, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What, what's your profession? I'm joking. <laughs> um, but there, there he was. The God who answers by fire is God. He repairs the altar. And he, tell, he tells those, those prophets of Baal, go get some buckets of water. Pour it over the sacrifice. Dig a trench. Fill the trench up around it. Elijah prays. Fire falls from heaven. Consumes the sacrifice. Consumes the stones. That's pretty odd. Now, that I don't know. What, what takes to... What temperature it takes to melt a stone, you know. We'd have to know what kind of stones they were, I guess, before we knew exactly what temperature. But melt, the rock, lick up all the water and the dust, the Scripture says. Even the dust. The Lord, He is God. Do you have that kind of light? Do I have that kind of light? No. Oh, okay. He was right on the... He was, you were thinking of the Asherah part, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but what light have we been given? You know, you, you, you see... I mean, if we didn't have these things given unto us, would we have a reason... You know, to, to be more afraid. I mean, Daniel and Lion's Den, the, the lion's mouths are, are stopped. Um, you know, you got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walking around in, in a furnace that's heated seven times hotter than they've ever been heated before. Slew the men that threw them in. I mean, we see all these things. Do we have, don't we have reason? Hasn't the Lord given us reason to hope in Him in, in, the, in the difficulties that we find ourselves in? Um, sure we do. Uh, do we have reason to do what's right? We have reason to answer even as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, the Lord will deliver us. You know, it, it may not be from the fire, but the Lord will deliver us. I mean, there's been, there have been men who've gone through the fire and they've been burned alive. You know, no doubt. No doubt. But the Lord will deliver. The Lord deliver. And even that, you think about that, and some of those men that have been martyred. And they've, and they've given their lives that way, you know, for the cause of Christ. Scripture still calls that momentary light afflictions in comparison. In comparison to the glory that God has, has provided, you know, what God, has, what God has provided for us. I mean, it's, it's, there's no comparison. No comparison. Um, so, <clears throat> you 
You know, David was an able-bodied person. One man said, would you like to have met him in a dark alley? He was probably pretty rough and able. We said last week, you know, that there was those, those mighty men of David, but David was their captain, right? How, how do you get to be captain of a, of a group like that? You've got to be tough yourself, right? Uh, somebody else is going to challenge you to take, take your place, you know, otherwise. But God put David in that place. Could David ever have attained that place otherwise? No, God put him there. Could David have ever become king over Israel? No, God put him there. God did that. God did those things. Um, But he was, David was able, sure. But he didn't have any more strength, you know, than than any other man. And and as far as spiritually speaking, the things that we're thinking about, you know, and and things that we go through, I mean, it's all by God's grace. We might might as all all, all, all well be Samson, you know. I mean, where did strength come from? It came from the Lord. The Lord gave that. Um, you know, so where's our strength going to come from? It's going to come from him. Um, he said, David says that God taught his hands to war. Um, David could, could step on the battlefield there against Goliath and, and all those soldiers and say, let no man's heart fail him or fail because of him, because of Goliath. David tells Saul, thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Got any giants in your life? They can't stand. They can't stand before the Lord. You know, sure we do. We've got our own giants to slay, don't we? Um, they can't stand before him. <clears throat> they don't have a chance. You know, regardless of, of what Saul may have said, I, don't, I, I think he thought he wouldn't see that young man again. Um, you know, I, he, he, he sends him out there, you know, wants to send him with all of his armor. And I'm sure Saul's armor was formidable armor. It was probably the best of what, you know, could be had at the time. Um, but what would that armor of Saul have been like, you know, to step out there against Goliath? I mean, he would have been pummeled. Um, you know, uh, you know, I don't know what all the pieces, you know, of, of armor, you know, are, but, you know, you know, think about it in terms of shoulder pads and things like that, be knocked off, you know, here and there. And finally, David would be exposed, you know, going out in his own strength. I mean, eventually, his ability, you know, would have been chopped away at. His strength, you know, he would have used up all of his resources, just like we've all done. We've all been in circumstances we sought to use our resources, you know, and, and then finally we're like, why, why am I not calling upon the Lord? Here we're cast down, we're distraught, you know, this thing's just overcome us. And how are we going to get through this? And finally, you were like, what am I doing? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Um, so this is, this is where David's declaring, you know, again, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know, this, he's declaring this, you know, once again. Um, but the scripture says that stone sunk into the forehead of Goliath, and he fell upon his face to the earth. Um, mighty man, uh, no doubt. Uh, but he fell upon his face to the earth, just like Dagon in the temple before the ark, you know, <laughs> of the covenant. Um, he fell upon his face there. So Ephesians 6.10, I'm skipping around. I don't know that it any good me sending you these verses. 
Be strong in the Lord. And what? The power of his might. Absolutely. For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? It is he that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. He teaches my hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation and thy right hand holdeth me up. Thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. We know of no other rock than he. What else are you going to stand on? And where, where else are you going to find the fountain? You know, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. The man who built his house upon the rock, the man who built his house upon the sand, you know, we can think about those things. We have no other rock. We have no other fortress to run into. We have no other shield to hide behind. Um, but that's the same shield that when we see the armor of God that quenches what? The fiery darts of the evil one or the wicked one. So physical things being used here to teach us spiritual realities to be sure. Um, and I had much more. We'll save some of those things for next week because I think I've used my time probably and some. I don't know. Um, but we'll stop there today. Uh, hopefully there's some encouragement for you. Um, be strong in the Lord. The power of his might, not mine, the power of his might. I'm watching her walk up here, and I'm thinking about how that some of those churches, Brother JT, when they get towards the end of the message, and they're going to give that call. That piano player's already up there, and they're going along, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the Lord be with you this week. Cause you to be strong in him. Yep. Yes. Right. Right. If the heart's right. Yeah. If the heart's right. Yeah. Amen. But God's grace is the, it, it, it enables run through troops, leap over walls, enlarge steps. You know, we see all these things. The Lord's there, not going to touch us unless he's a shield, you know, unto, he carries us, you know, even we see. It is God that, that he's, he's working in me both to what will and to do of his good pleasure. Back to David. By my God have I done these things. By my God I've done these things.